The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. We are living in difficult times. Would you agree? (laughs) Yeah, we should always look at biblical values to direct us in all our ways. So let's look at some of those values today. Uh, However, let's pray first as we definitely need prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you. We're seeking to honor you with our decisions, with our direction, with our, with everything we do, Lord. So, Father, help us to be submitted this day to you, your word, that we can glorify you with everything we do. We bless you, we thank you, and praise you, and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. All right, well... This is a great time for one of our rabbis to come visit your church or speak at um, one of your uh, Bible studies or or any kind of thing that that we can help with. Um, we'd love to talk about appointed times or uh, other scriptural ideas. So uh, email me. We'll set it up. That'd be great. You can email me at. Uh, rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Also, I'd love to send you the portions to read for the week. They're called the Parashot. Uh, This is the yearly reading, and it starts, actually, it started this past week. So you're only one behind if we send it to you this week. Uh, Call Karen at 813-831-5673. We can send it out to you or email you. Love for you to have it. And uh, Please check our website as well, not only the Heart of Messiah website, but uh, SureshDavid.org. We love to have people look at our website, give us some opinions of what you'd like to see on that website. We also love for you to come and visit us at uh, one of our congregations in St. Pete or South Tampa or Wesley Chapel and the Spanish congregation. So look at our website and see what is best for you. We have services at different places on Friday night and Saturday and still have our prayer meetings Tuesday night. We'd love for you to join us either on Facebook Live or come come to South Tampa where we have those. You know, it has been my desire to seek to understand before being understood. Hmm. Pretty good, huh? This was written by a millennial congregant in their newsletter as they are on a one-year mission trip. Okay, let me try it again. It is my desire to seek to understand before being understood. Look, it's <laughs> if we had that attitude, the world would be a better place. I'm asking you to do that with this next series of messages. Seek to understand before 
voicing how you want to be understood. And so you're saying, well, what is this series about? Well, people disagree often, even in the same households. Definitely in the same congregation, they disagree concerning who is the right person to vote for. And, you know, we are coming up to voting uh, in just a few weeks. And actually, if maybe just a week, if, if we look at the beginning stages of voting. So um, this is a time where people get into hot discussions, with, you know. One of my young leaders had me read a book so I could have a more balanced approach and understand the other side better because I'm so convinced that I'm right. (laughs) Just like people interpret passages in the Bible differently, biblical values and how they should influence other voting or our voting can also be seen differently. Yet both... Uh, our biblical sides, um, both are believers, both use the Bible for their basis of their opinion. So my prayer about discussion about politics or voting, I, I don't really want to call it politics because it's not, it's, it's voting and voting biblical values. But my prayer is, of course, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, that if I speak with tongues of men, and of angels, but have not love, I've become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And we don't want that to happen, right? (laughs) Three out of four of the candidates most of the time, to me, sound like clanging cymbals. When I think of the past year, six years of politics, I can only think of uh, former president, uh, vice president, Pence, who spoke a language of love while disagreeing with his opponents. Since I'm not comfortable with many candidates on both sides of the spectrum, what do I do? I pray this teaching will give you some insight into how, if you feel the same way I do, you know, to have a clear path on making decisions when you're voting. So let's do a little background here. Can you agree that the United States is in a crisis? Funny, I seem to say that every couple years, whenever voting comes along, actually maybe even in between. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 7, but understand this, that in the last days, hard times will come. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, Arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, hard-hearted, unforgiving, backbiting, without self-control, brutal, hating what is good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to an outward form of godliness, but denying its power. Oh my goodness. That is, I mean, I'm, we're not finished with that scripture, but just when you, when you listen to it, um, it's a long list, isn't it? And uh, people are not humble. Their heart becomes filled with fleshly power 
uh, not spiritual power. And uh, even though people think they're godly, right? Well, then to continue in that scripture, it says, avoid these people. (laughs) Well, I don't know how we can do that, but at any rate, we can try. For among these are those who slip into households and deceive weak women weighed down with sins, led away by various desires, always leaning yet never, or I'm sorry, always learning yet never able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's right. Most people, um, they feel truth can change. However, if that were true, it wouldn't be truth, right? Okay, there's so many difficult things going on in the world. There's the terrorism and and COVID and our economy and race relations and disrespect and division and anger. And, but in my opinion, the greatest problems that cause me to vote the way I vote are what I would call a few of the biblical issues. So... The first biblical issue is unbelief, which actually causes all the other issues. (laughs) But um, unbelief is our country's biggest issue. A second terrible issue in our country and in the world is moral confusion and indifference, which leads to the breakdown of the family It leads to intentional killing of babies in the womb. It leads to gender confusion. It leads to sexual immorality. That's a big one, isn't it? Moral confusion. Yeah. Thirdly, dependence on government instead of dependence on God. That's a key issue for me. And fourth, The desire to crush freedom of speech when one disagrees with somebody else's ideas. And more and more, we're seeing this for against believers, that people are trying to crush us. You know, in 1 Samuel 8, 4 through 7, it says this, Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, You have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us, like all the nations. But the matter was displeasing in Samuel's eyes when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to Adonai. Then Adonai said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they've not rejected you. Rather, they've rejected me from being king over them. And that's really the issue. The United States, founded on godly principles, on, on a, a, a God uh, world, uh, a God vision rather than a world vision. And we no longer are that way. Yes, there are plenty of churches around, but... Still, we are just, we're not allowing God to lead us. God wanted to rule Israel. He didn't want them to have a king or a president, and he doesn't want us to. True freedom is when God rules. Okay, let me say that again. True freedom is when God rules. 
our forefathers as they were forming the United States understood the frailty and the sins of man and sought to devise a government that would compensate for our shortcomings. So this is why we should not be changing the Constitution or updating it or making it more progressive. The current authors of change do not have a God worldview. They don't care what God has said or what he wants. They're elite. They think they know better. They pit science against God and pit common sense against God. And from their perspective, God loses every time. So how can you trust people who don't trust God? I mean, it's hard enough to trust people when they say they follow God, right? I believe our forefathers heard from God when setting up the government and setting up what we know as checks and balances. And so whether it's the federal government or the local government, there are checks and balances. Uh, and, and we know that in 1800s, Baron John Acton, which is quoted uh, a quote that is given to a lot of different people, but I believe he was the originator of it. And then he said, power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So this is uh, something that we need to deal with in our lives. We have to realize that when people become politicians, even if they have a good heart, oftentimes they lose their ability to allow their heart and their spirit to lead, and they become corrupt. And maybe not corrupt in an illegal way, but corrupt of their heart. And the things that brought them there oftentimes are not the things that they do when they get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we know that the president or or the governor or the mayor is responsible for implementing and enforcing the laws written by the legislative body. And uh, and then so we have the legislative body, the the uh, presidential body, the um, and then we have the court system, the judicial system. And these are the three groups where there's checks and balances, or there should be. And people should realize that this is, this is an amazing uh, system that we have. And look, there's obviously going to be tension between um, the governors and the legislators and the courts in the local government, just like there is between the, them and the federal government. But, so here are some thoughts that I had about voting. Number one, when voting, I will not vote for a third-party candidate that cannot win. In other words, I want to vote for somebody who's, who has a chance to win. Secondly, well, and, you know, I should say why, because I want my vote to make a difference. And it's just like I refuse not to vote. I want to make a difference. Uh, And just like I want my radio show to make a difference. I think making a difference is what we're all about, right? I also refuse to vote based on who I like better. 
you know, there's some people who have better personalities. They look nicer. They're 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 charming. They're they're there's all sorts of reasons to like people. People are more likable than other people. But you know what? I can't vote because I like them or I don't like them. Though that is, it's it's a temptation to do it. I've got to vote issues. I've got to vote issues. So today I want you, my listeners, to consider how government can affect our lives and how we can affect who the government is by how we vote. Remember what I consider the most important biblical issues. Number one, unbelief. Number two, moral confusion, which... Underneath that is breaking down of the family, the intentional killing of babies in the womb, gender confusion, and sexual immorality. Three, dependence on the government instead of God. And four, the desire to crush freedom of speech because of people who disagree. So we can look at any of these issues and realize and and make a strong case for what God wants. And and really, when you look at this, you know, people sometimes, uh, they r- say, oh, well, all you care about is abortion. But that's not really true. I mean, one thing that is very important, uh, which isn't abortion and isn't the gender confusion, is just sexual immorality. The idea that people don't have to make a commitment to each other before having sex. It's called marriage, yes. (laughs) And the idea that, I mean, look, there's so much of this. How we cannot make this like our major issues is beyond me. As a believer in God's word, as somebody who is trusting God to hear from God on what his desires are rather than my own desires, I think it's important to realize. I mean, take take the birth control and the abortion issue, and we know about Roe versus Wade, which was overturned in 19, um, this year, but in 1973, uh, it started, and, and look— Since then, over 60 million babies have been aborted. Our current population is 350 million or so. So it's about roughly 20% of our babies. We would have 20% more population. That's crazy. 186 abortions per thousand births. I'm sorry. Yeah, 186 abortions per every thousand live births. That's amazing. 2,362 abortions every day. 98 every hour. One abortion every 96 seconds. Okay? Are you getting what I'm saying? This is important. 38% of abortions are done on non-Hispanic black mothers. Approximately 19 million abortions since 1973. 44 million current 
population. I mean, if you're talking about, uh, you know, race and 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 being uh, against one group or another, abortion should be the first thing on your list because this is where it's real. I mean, it's it, look, it's it's in every group, whether white, black, Hispanic, or whatever. But the, this is a terrible thing. Has that ruling affected our culture? See how government affects our culture? Has it affected the United States? Has it affected how our children see life? Our children are growing up with a total different understanding of what we are allowed to do. You know, the Sixth Commandment is you shall not murder. Murder is killing with premeditation. Abortion is murder. What do you think of that God? How does God react to abortion? What do you think? When we vote for candidates who, are, who support choice, we're saying that mom's feelings are more important than God's desires. The mom that mom could have important reasons to want to abort a baby. I'm not saying they aren't important. And I, being in a similar situation, might want that as well. But God looks at everything through a totally different lens. The question always is going to boil down to, for you, for me, for all of us, should we follow God Or should we follow our feelings? Because we know that sin comes from our feelings. (laughs) So, we might feel that abortion is right, and it's a good thing to do, but I don't believe that's what God wants. If the government is unchecked, they will also be coming after us for our beliefs. We see that happened in the past couple of years with COVID. Many congregations were not allowed to meet or only have 25% attendance while other groups were allowed to meet. You know, um, we're talking about government officials who are becoming more restrictive to faith-based organizations. Well, I don't have time to continue, but we will continue this next week. There's a lot to talk about. So please come back. And if you disagree or if you have a question about this, uh, email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call our office, 813-831-5673. We'd love for you to uh, contact us. We'd love for you to visit uh, Sharesh David, bring your Jewish friends. We had a very exciting thing happen last weekend at uh, our uh, outside St. Pete event. One of the Jewish people who was just walking by accepted the Lord. That was extremely exciting. So look, we oh, oh, by the way, we can also email you yearly reading schedules called the Parsha. 
So if you'd like that, again, contact us. Uh, Let me close with a word of prayer. Lord, I just pray that our hearts will desire to follow you more than ourselves. And I pray, Lord, that our first priority may that we that we would grow in our desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. 